I, I don't even know if it, that would hype me up if I was going trick or treating. I guess I don't. <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, Pep Dog. It is October 1st. We're in October right now. It's Tuesday evening, October 1st. We're 30 days away from Halloween. Crazy. It is crazy. Like the summer has actually flown by. I don't even know how to handle it. Dude, uh, first of all, how you doing? Good. Good. Excellent. Keep uh, busy. You know, uh, the forecast for today was scheduled to be 25 degrees, feeling like 33. Uh, we got nowhere near that. No, and not it's at been all. a trend all summer, man. Like not at all. Like you know, is are the Doppler radars busted up in space? Like uh, what's going on this this summer? You know, tornado uh, happens in May. Uh, we got no warning. That actually, the, the warning we did get was after the fact. You know, I got a we got a hailstorm last week. I got my Jeep got pelted. I got dents on the hood of my Jeep. Like, what in the hell is going on? If the new criteria for weather predicting is after the fact, I make a lot of money doing that. Because my Nailed weather it. prediction for yesterday's weather is on point. <laughs> um, well, tomorrow I'll be talking about today. Right. That's the Rochester yeah. weather. That's the inside joke. Um, so we just came off of our last episode, which was the interview with Mr. Ken Tasker, part one of uh, a few of them. And uh, I got to tell you, the, uh, the feedback we've received from that has been absolutely outstanding. The amount of listens we've gotten on that episode uh, trumps every other one we've done by probably four by or five yeah. times. Yeah, we're, uh, we're up pretty good on that one. So um, it's, been, it's been an exciting last few days. I mean, Ken keeps calling me to find out what, uh, what the stats are at, and he's saying how, how many people that have come out of the woodwork that he hasn't talked to in years. Um, so he just he cannot get over how much fun he had doing it, and he's dying to do part two with us as well. I wanted awesome. to shout out quick to uh, uh, Mike Pinyat and Curtis, uh, for being there the whole time too, and and contributing. I know Ken had brought up um, the the atmosphere and the professionalism that we had as a group, and that it it had that feel of uh, telling stories by a campfire kind of thing. He said, and the RA Center as a backdrop was great too because there was you know chatter around and stuff, and it's a sports environment. Uh, but anyway, I think I forgot to properly thank those two. So shout out to those two guys. Yeah, no doubt, and you know. We, you and I come in with a, a game plan, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, 20 minutes before or two hours before or two days before. We <laughs> generally have a game plan. Um, but the game plan ultimately is just once we, once we hit a topic, there's so much to talk about when it comes to sports that, you know, if everything from a, a game to a player to a coach to an incident, there, there's usually within one football game, even if it's the most mundane game of the week, Brock and I can pick it apart. So that's what makes it so simple and so natural for us. So um, it's been a blast, and I'm glad Kenny had a good time because he was an absolute natural, man. The kid is a natural on the mic. Yeah. Well, you're a beauty. You're a beauty. You're a beaut, kid. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so today we are going to whip through a few topics, really emphasize keeping it short. Um, the best way to do that is for me to have a hard deadline that I got to be out of the house <laughs> at a certain time. Yeah. So we get to yeah. keep it fairly short, which will be interesting because, again, as you're talking about certain things and you're talking about football, and I realize there's a lot of stuff I forgot to put down in my notes, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to talk about that more. But again, in the effort of uh, time, we're going to go through them. So today we're sure. going to talk, uh, we got a, a headliner section again. We're going to talk quickly uh, NFL week four. We're going to talk college football. I know everybody's favorite. And uh, the baseball wild card goes tonight in the NL. So we're going to talk about those four things. And uh, you want to get started with the headliners? Let's give her. Let's give her. This is Headlines with Brock Fleming. We're, we're flipping the switch today. We're flipping the switch. Normally it's Headlines with Pep, but Brock's coming in loaded today with Headlines. Um, so he's running the lead on this, and I'm surprised. I haven't heard what his Headlines are going to be. So uh, I'm with you, the listener. I, I don't know what Brock's going to bring up. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to talk about. And uh, so what's in the news, pal? All right. Well, uh, the four, I got four Headlines. The first one is uh, we had, okay, this is a little bit of a story. It's not quite a headline that you would see in the Ottawa Sun, but we received an email to the Canadian Football Institute's email address, or a Facebook page, from a gentleman saying that he had music that would love for us to hear and maybe be the theme song of our institute. Of course, Scott doesn't reply. I reply. And Scott's texting me saying, dude, it's a scam. Like, don't be an idiot. It's a scam. Like, this guy from Belgrade is sending us music. I said, you think it's a scam? I'm like, it's so weird that maybe it's not a scam. Anyway, so I reply. And I get another, you know, Scott feeds me a couple of questions to ask him to see, like, does he think we're the NFL or something? Anyway, long story short, I end up getting an email from this guy with a music sample that he wants us to use. So I'm interested because I'm like, oh, maybe we can use it on our podcast. Well, you want to hear it? <laughs> I, I do. I do if it's not going to cost me anything. It's not going to cost you anything. anything. No. <laughs> okay. <It's good. laughs> Belgrade is like in, isn't it in Croatia. This is Rocky meets uh, Saved by the Bell, maybe? I don't know. What in the holy hell is that? <laughs> it's uh, four minutes long. Um, I, I don't even know if it, that would hype me up if I was going trick-or-treating, I guess. I don't. <laughs> well, hey, that's it's fitting. It's, it's October. He sent me a couple other ones because I was like, I don't know if that's exactly what we're looking for. I got to say, it started off not too bad, but then once he went into that uh, Oregon thing, I said, okay, we're going to probably pass on that oh. one. He sent me a couple other examples. I'm not even going to put it on here because they're absolutely insane, uh, but I'm going to leave it in the background. we got 30 seconds left of this little <laughs> clip that I did, so I'm going to get on to the second headline. <laughs> it was amazing. Anyway, oh. shout out to uh, uh, the Academy of Fine Arts Belgrade. 
uh, a Mr. Alexander who sent us this. Um, so, hey, thanks for submitting. I appreciate the, uh, the, the go get them kind of attitude. And uh, you, you never know. Maybe it would have hit it off. If we were back in the 80s, I would have jumped all over it. <laughs> so It's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, okay, headliner number two. Um, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, signs a bill to allow collegiate athletes to be compensated. They hire agents. They can uh, have a YouTube channel, which they could profit from. Um, basically, he's opening this huge Pandora's box. And I'm curious to see if other states will follow. I know this, this legislation is going to be challenged. It is in the process of being challenged. So we'll see if it gets overturned or if the rest of the states follow. But uh, real quick, what's your take on it? You're clapping, so you're happy. Oh, I think it's, you know... Well, college basketball is what I could talk on. And, you know, there's, you got one player drawing, uh, you know, that when Duke played last year with Zion Williamson and uh, uh, the Barrett kid, R.J. Barrett, the tickets were going for like 500 bucks, uh, nosebleeds. You know, who's profiting from that other than the university who, uh, who are already profiting uh, an obscene amount of money? So, you know, I, you made a good point the last time we had this discussion. That, look, what... What about the what about the role players? I mean, we know Zion is the one who's attracting all those guys. What about the role players? Are they going to make any money? How are they going to make any money on endorsements if right. they're not the star players? So they're going to have to figure out that aspect of it. But hey, man, if if Puma wants to endorse, uh, you know, uh, a slightly above average basketball player on a team that's not going anywhere, and the kid's going to make a little bit of money, and Puma's going to make a little bit of money, then. <laughs> It's win-win. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> why do I say Puma? Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know times. why. I don't know. And the way you say it, I don't know, it's Puma, and you're like, Puma. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm, I'm thrown off by that fucking Russian stuff you just played. I don't even know what I'm... I feel like a glass of vodka right about now. Uh, I feel like it was a hidden message, and now I've just sent it out to a bunch of, like, Russian people who are in Canada that are ready to... Oh yeah! Oh no! No, no. Anyway. Uh, there, there is now an official. There's a Russian spy on Parliament right now who's <laughs> just uh, he's fist pumping. I think he um, thought we had a better uh, reach know, than had, we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just you and I right it's now in this yeah. Russian song. I, uh, I, you know how I feel about it. So, uh, what do you? What's your quick take? I know you had you've brought up some really good points in the past, but now that, now that it's legislated, what do you think? Uh, it's legislated in, in the state of California. So imagine that none of the other states follow suit and it goes in California. Well, I'm going to tell you who's going to be the best powerhouse in football soon. It's going to be USC again. It's going to be Cal. It's going to be, you know, UCLA. That, yeah, that Pac-12 yeah. all of a sudden shoots up to be like the best division in football because all the players are going to want to go there in order to, to benefit from this legislation. Sure. So it will not stand as... Uh, just being a California legislation, it's going to be something that either all the states adopt it or it's going to be challenged and brought down. I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of issues that we've already discussed in terms of how do you maintain the, I don't even say the integrity of uh, collegiate sports, but that uh, innocence of it, I guess, without kids being, and the fairness Anyway, I just I think there's a lot of of aspects that need to be really thought out. Say, so, okay, if we are doing yep. this, if legislation passes, that's fine. But there has to be guidelines and a real good plan for the the university uh, sports as a whole. 
Yeah. I think that's where I, I it starts to be a, a challenge. But, I mean, I think it's doable. I'm 100% for the players getting some compensation. When that compensation comes and how that comes has to be pretty fair across the board. But the, there's no way they should be profiting off of the student-athlete and for the amount of money that, that's being brought in without sharing it to them. So, yeah. Hey, listen, all, all I need to know on this topic is this. They asked LeBron James what it, what it would have been like if he went to Ohio State. He said his answer was simple. This was a media day for the Lakers yesterday. His answer was like basically black and white. My mother and I had nothing. The, the choice was obvious. Uh, you know, go to the NBA, maybe take a year or two to be a real superstar, but one year in the NBA and his mom is set and he's set. So now, you know, in hindsight, you know, this is 15 years ago, if he was able to go to Ohio State and maybe make a little bit of money on endorsements, maybe that's more incentive to say, hey, maybe I'll just try this college life and see if, see if it's for me and maybe get an education. And the NBA will be there when I'm done, but I'll still make a few bucks. So, you know, I don't know. What do you think of that example? I get it. But LeBron James is one dude. There's how many thousands of other student athletes that are maybe in the same boat but don't have LeBron James's talent can't go to the NBA. So they're like a great collegiate role player, basketball player, football player, lacrosse player, who cares what it is. Yeah. They can do well there, but they just can't turn it into a, a profession where they, they can live off for the rest of their lives. But they're still bringing money and exposure and whatnot to their university. They should be compensated. Again, well, maybe if, a, maybe if a company like Nike sponsors an entire team where they can all split the pie... You know what I mean? Like, rather than endorse a player, a team might get endorsed now if in the state of California. Even a conference. So I, uh, yeah. Like, if you, if you sponsor a conference and you say, okay, now everybody in this conference gets so much money uh, based on what you play and how long you play, I do like the fact of, of saying, you know, if you graduate, you get this money. If you don't yeah. graduate, if you're one and done, if you're off the NBA, hey, that's your path and you are good enough to succeed that way. If you're not, you're not going to get paid, in which case you could be back in university so you can finish yeah. it. Anyway. Um, yeah, a very interesting topic, and I'm, it's, a, it's a step forward. That was signed by uh, Gavin Newsom on the HBO series, I think, called The Shop, which was like a barbershop, yeah. The Shop Unplugged, and it was LeBron James was there and stuff too. That's where he signed the damn bill. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I think that was, uh, I mean, whatever. Okay, like uh, headliner number three, the NHL season's regular season starts tomorrow. Um, the four games in effect are Ottawa at Toronto, Washington at St. Louis, Vancouver at Edmonton, and San Jose at Las Vegas. Evander Kane is out for three games for abuse of an official as well. I didn't see the clip of it, but I just know he's suspended. And I guess real quickly for you, what's your, uh, what's your engagement level for the NHL regular season now that the MLB playoffs are kind of starting tonight as well and the NFL is in full effect? Uh, you know, we we may have to take another episode for that question because I, uh, I did want to talk to Tasker about the state of the NHL. My engagement level is always going to be high because I love, I love hockey. Uh, I think the game is, out of, out of all the sports, the game is a step behind in terms of its evolution when it comes to the uh, playing surface. The game of hockey is the only game where your equipment makes you faster. 
and and in this case you shoot the puck harder based on the fact that the equipment has improved so much you can't there's no there's no set of cleats that make you run run faster or hit harder there's no set of basketball shoes that make you run faster or jump higher baseball still a wooden bat with a small ball it's it's the same concept hockey is the only sport that hasn't evolved in terms of its playing surface and it's taken away for me some of the beauty of the game uh, again this is a i could go on i, want, I wanted to get taskers uh input on that but so my engagement level is still high. I, I love watching the Canadian teams, especially this early. Uh, you're that high. Yeah, man. I, okay. I love. I, it's exciting. I, I get a little more excited when the when the weather gets a little colder. I just I equate hockey with cold weather. So right. You know, I, I've I've always lived here my entire life, and uh, you know, last I've checked, that we've always had four seasons, and this, the winter for me is where like I just think about Saturday night watching the Habs. And then, you know, and or the Leafs had flipped back from the, either the French Channel to uh, CB, CBC watching the Leafs. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, uh, I'm surprised the Leafs haven't announced a, a captain yet, but they're supposed to, uh, Babcock said today they're going to announce one. Uh, I'll be shocked if it's Matthews. After the recent. Uh, yeah, news. I think John, yeah. Johnny, Johnny T should get it. I mean, uh, I don't care if he's only been there for a year. You know, the, the, the guy is a, is a born leader. I love John Tavares, like about him good leader um leafs this is their year man they this, this is the they've they're set up for this year so cool um yeah i'm not uh, into the hockey quite until uh at least baseball is over uh, generally not really until football is over for myself just there's so much so i'd rather follow nfl in college and i get through that once it comes down to like end of november when college takes their break before bowls uh, then I kind of get into the uh, the hockey uh, thing. On a quick note on the uh, the surface, we were talking about hockey, and, and this is something we can bring up with Tasker. In all fairness, I have uh, John Thornton sent me a pair of the top skates you could get, and I'm not any faster, so I don't really know where this equipment is that uh, makes you faster, but it sure shit isn't helping everybody because uh, – no, it- I, I should have elaborated. It's not it's not the skates. It's like every athlete in, in every sport has gotten better. Like they're they're physically their their bodies have gotten better. Uh, they run faster. They eat healthier. There's more information out there. More nutrition. Better nutrition. Uh, better training. Better personal trainers. But hockey's the only sport where you're on skates, and those skates can make you faster. Whether they're new skates or old skates, or they're skates, and the athlete has improved. To the point where now they're now they're on skates, and they're flying projectiles. It's that's the only difference with hockey and every other sport is that you know you can only run so fast, but you can skate faster if you're in better shape. So that's where I think hockey differentiates from every other sport. And there's just no room. The, the guys are way bigger. Like if you look at the statistics, the guys are physically bigger than they ever than they've ever been. And uh, they, and they, they skate faster and they're bigger and they have longer reach. And now guys are using sticks that are taller than them. Almost some guys like, so they can cover two defensemen can cover half the ice. It's just, it, it's the game's too fast for me to watch and enjoy. It's like slap it in chip and chase. The puck spends more time in the corners than, than ever, uh, you know? So there's only a handful of teams in the NHL. I think Washington might be one of them that play sort of a, an up-tempo style where guys will, guys will skate the puck in versus just slap it in. But those teams are a dying breed now. Everyone chips and chases, you know? So anyway, that's just All from right. my observation. What the hell do I know? Right. We can elaborate on that with uh, Ken and see what he thinks. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I'll take a couple of comments there and I'll go with it uh, next time too. But uh, in the essence of time, the last headline I have Thanks. is the uh, um, that USA Noah Lyles beat Andre DeGrasse in the 200 meter in uh, Doha. DeGrasse also got the uh, the bronze in the 100 meter. You know, I know with uh, uh, Usain Bolt being out, there's a lot of high hopes and pressure on DeGrasse to sort of take that, especially as well as he did the last Olympics. Uh, so I guess we'll see. But anyway, he got beat by this uh, Noah Lyles in the 200. So those are the headliners. Let's take a quick break. Let's get into NFL. Can I, okay. can I throw one more? Sorry, can I throw one, sure. one more in? I know You're going to hate this. I'm so sorry. If you're it's wrestling, I'm going right to the break. <laughs> Say it. Yesterday, yesterday was the first... Uh, the season opener, or the, or the, the uh, season premiere, I should say, of WWE Raw. And we're back <laughs> after going <laughs> abruptly going on break uh, yesterday. <laughs> I was pretty. Uh, <laughs> All right, what happened on the premiere? It was a season premiere of WWE Raw. And uh, so Raw has, uh, WWE, formerly WWF, has two major shows on TV. It's WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown. And then, of course, they have their pay-per-views, which you have to pay to, to watch. SmackDown is moving to Fox, which uh, Brock's falling asleep. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, you can't sorry. SmackDown's moving to uh, to uh, Fox, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, WWE's never really been on a, one of the mainstream channels before. So they're going to be on Fox, which is, for most people, it's I, I don't even know if it's Fox basic cable even. Uh, I think, I think it's I it's on the border anyways. But So I found it fascinating. They, they've uh, revamped the uh, entire commentary crew for both shows. And uh, last night, my point is, last night they opened up Raw, bringing out Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And... Uh, Rick Flair, woo! He looks rough. I'm sure they both yeah, do. Oh, but Rick Flair's obviously had some major, some serious major league health issues, but uh, he's still out there. He was still doing his woo and all that, and Hogan was still doing, well, let me tell you, brother. It was just the weirdest thing, but um, they keep using these guys for ratings, and uh, I don't know how those guys feel about it. I, it's uh, it's peculiar. Every time WWE Raw ratings go down, they bring back one of these old guys for a 30-second talk segment so anyway wwe raw woo rick flair looks horrible but i still love him god bless you all right nfl week four the remaining undefeated teams are the new england patriots the kansas city chiefs and the san francisco 49ers because they were on a bye uh patriots are pretty lucky to win in buffalo uh there's a couple of penalties uh, Allen went down yeah. with that uh, questionable no call. Uh, actually, I guess it wasn't a no call. It was a an offsetting penalty. It was an offsetting penalty. It said holding. So one of the, the Patriot players had gone in. Allen was being tackled, went in. It was helmet to helmet. You know, was it on purpose? Don't know, but the NFL doesn't really care either usually. Uh, so there was a penalty for that. But then there was a holding penalty on Buffalo. And for some reason, those offset. That bothered me. A holding penalty should not offset an unsportsmanlike conduct or targeting or whatever penalty it should be. Those shouldn't offset, in my opinion. No, of course but, not. Um, the Patriots guy was not kicked out of the game either. 
Allen obviously never returned, and they left it to Matt Barkley, uh, who I believe was Rico's dude, right? Matt Barkley. You love Matt Barkley during our interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't fare so well. But the Bills' defense, I, I'll give them props. Um, I mean, the Patriots scored a touchdown on a block punt, I think. So the Bills' yeah. defense came to play. Brady did not look great by any means. The offense didn't look good. The Bills' defense came to play, and I think uh, round two it'll be a different story. You know, I watched that Bills-Patriots game. We don't want to spend too much time on this one game because it was a kind of a, you know, 16-10 wasn't a barn burner by any means. Right. But, like, the Bills had a chance to kick, kick a field goal, and I think they missed one too. So that game could, could have been tied. I know um, I know their coach, Sean McDermott, went for it uh, on fourth down near the, uh, near the goal line, didn't get it. I like the aggressiveness, but that game could have been tied. And considering how much of a defensive game that was, you know, you got to take your threes, man. You got to take your threes. Like you, Agreed. How many times are you going to have the Patriots on the ropes like that? So, Especially the way your defense is playing, yeah. They were playing great. Yep. They were playing really, really well. So, and they moved the ball. They they ended up those those that fourth quarter. I thought the Bills were moving the ball uh, pretty well on the ground. Frank Gore, man, the ageless wonder. Third fourth player to be over or fourth fifteen thousand yards. Third of uh, yeah, that's that is an incredible feat. You know, I thought ten thousand used to be the benchmark, but you know, uh, to you know, fifteen thousand yards. That's a thousand yards a, a year for fifteen years. That's insane. Yeah, my math isn't great, but yeah, that adds up. Um, adds up. Chiefs. What was your game of the week? Uh, Sorry, I know you. It was probably yeah, probably the Chiefs Lions. I really enjoyed watching that. I thought it was back and forth. I thought the Lions really pushed the Chiefs, and I was surprised to see how that finished, and that the fact that the Chiefs had to come back and basically pull out a a last minute drive to win was fairly impressive um from both sides the chiefs their resiliency to to continue but the lions are the lions for real this year like is that mm. actually something that we're talking about anyway on johnson i i'm yeah. impressed with that kid what's well, the old line the man ball. the old line yeah. are moving people there are holes there yeah. for carry on johnson to hit which yeah. is something that the lions have not been able to do for a lot of years yeah and if Absolutely. you do that, Stafford's got as big a cannon as Mahomes, or pretty darn close. And, you know, he doesn't get a lot of credit because he just doesn't have that opportunity. If they can have a running game and then have Stafford be able to open up some holes and, and, and hit some of his receivers downfield, they're going to be good. And their defense wasn't too bad either. But you're still playing the right. Chiefs, so it's a, it's a shootout. He was, he was doubtful on Thursday, upgraded to questionable Friday. Uh, St- I'm talking about Stafford. Yeah. Um, and then and then he's playing, and he played well. And I, he didn't look like he – and it was a bad back. So he didn't look like he was uh, – he was still pretty mobile. He, he got out of the pocket a couple of times. So, um, I, you know, I I want to see the Lions do well. Same. I, you know, I just I – I have no faith in the Lions, Browns, or Bills, only because they disappoint their fan base every year. But, you know, those three teams have a lot to look forward to. Uh, Brock, my game of the week was the, uh, the Buccaneers and Rams. I knew you were going to say that. It was 45 to 40 at one point after Peters had made that interception and then got his bell rung in the, uh, in the end zone. Yeah. By they, the lineman smoked two. them. Oh my God. That was awful to watch. Um, so it, it could have been 45, 41. They went for two. It was 45, 40. And then of course the, uh, the fumble and away we go. Next thing you know, the bucks bucks roll with it. Uh, four touchdowns, one interception for Jameis Winston, 380 yards passing. Uh, is he coming around? 
Is he coming around or are the Rams sort of faltering a little bit? I thought the Rams looked really horrible. Goff, I mean, their offense, their high-powered offense, Goff had, what, three picks and it should have been a fourth? Like, their offense didn't look great whatsoever. I thought Tampa came out aggressive. They were not scared to, to go downfield. I mean, they could not cover Chris Godwin at all. Yeah. Like you yeah. knew it was going there. They could not cover him. That uh, DB number 23 for the Rams, he's got a, the hyphenated name, was nowhere near him. He was a good yeah. two yards from him at all times. And Winston was picking him apart. Hey, the, the Bucks, that's the kind of offense that I thought the Buccaneers were going to have right off the bat with, uh, with Arians being there. But maybe it just took a little bit longer for the Florida State product to learn something because they're not smart over there. They're they're two and two, and they should be three and one. The, their kicker missed blue one last week. Um, yeah, you know against the Giants. That, yeah, that hey, that's I I'm seeing progress. Uh, week one, I was like, oh, same old Winston. But you know, week one, who knows what anyone looks like? So uh, good on the good on the Bucks. I mean, hey, maybe we're seeing them turn. Uh, good old line play, keeping Winston upright. He's not running for his life. So uh, well, I thought that was a really entertaining game. How about the Jags? Jag, hey, it's uh, Minchu. Solid defenses, you know. Minchu is the most entertaining guy in football right now. I, I tell you, the first thing I thought of when I saw him play the first week when uh, Foles went down, and uh, sorry, Nick Foles, you're not getting your job back. Um, you, you, poor Nick Foles, eh? He, when he, if it's not Philly, wherever he goes, he either gets hurt and never gets his job back, or and he gets traded back to Philly and wins Super Bowls. But uh, anyways... You can't he, say Minshew, poor Nick Foles anymore because he got eight mil a year or something like that, so... Big cash. Yeah, he's I fine. Got, I gotta tell... Minshew reminds me of Brett Favre. He's just a gunslinger, uh, but, he, but with a little bit better decision-making at this point. Favre threw a lot of interceptions his, his first and second year, but I find Minshew's got that sort of like bayou, sort of reckless abandon... Uh, run around. I love, I love Minshew, man. I love what they're doing there. And if, you know, if they keep playing good D Calais Campbell's one of my favorite defensive players in the, all of the NFL. Um, I don't, I don't like the Jaguars per se, but I, I like what they're doing there. Uh, they have some belief in Minshew. You know, you, you bring up Brett Favre. There's something Joe Namath-ish about Minshew. I feel like he would pull up in like the Cadillac with like the fur coat and, you know what I mean, be smoking a dart on the sidelines and getting hammered trying to kiss reporters. He just, you know, it's the stash oh. and the hairdo, I guess. But uh, I feel like he would just go right into that role. Minshew is what Menzel and Mayfield should be. That's exactly who they want to be, but they just, they just, um, uh, Manziel specifically, just not smart enough to be Minshew. You know, you could have all the fame and glory without being a jerk. Like, Minshew's playing up his mustache and bandana and he's, be, he's saying all the right things because that's what you do. You're a professional. Yeah. Uh, Br- Browns and Ravens, did that game, did that game surprise you in, in Baltimore? In the Baltimore. Browns came out there. That was a, that was an impressive win. It was. And, uh, how they did it too, like you know, OBJ's line was two grabs, I think. So he was primarily a, a decoy. Uh, Chubb's his ability to hit the holes and the Browns' offensive line to make those holes against a pretty stout Ravens defense was what really took me by surprise. 
Mm-hmm. And anybody who whips off an 80-yard run against the Ravens is doing something right, and that involves more than just the, the front five guys blocking. There's a couple of receivers in there too. So good on the Browns for it. Yeah. You know, are they is, are the Browns turning that corner? Are they now starting to be like the Bucks and say, you know, we're kind of in a roll here. Let's see what happens. What do you think? Uh, well, I think absolutely. And I think also, you know, uh, Njoku, I really like Njoku's hands, but I think uh, Seals Jones was a guy that the Steelers pl- placed a waiver claim on and the, and the Browns ended up picking him up. Uh, good, blo- really good blocker. Um, but he had a couple of big catches that game too. So able to utilize their tight end a bit more that game, taking a little bit of pressure off Landry and, and uh, Beckham. Yeah. You know, that O-line is much maligned, but they ran up on, on the, the right side where Chris Hubbard sits. Um, Chris Hubbard's a good, good run blocker. He always, his time in Pittsburgh, he was a good run blocker. His, his pass blocking was, uh, you know, there was a lot to be desired still there, but um, I think the Browns are too talented, especially on the defensive end to, uh, to be anything less than 500. And they're starting to show it. I think so Brock, too. This week <clears throat> is gigantic in the AFC North. You, you obviously, you know why I'm a, I'm an AFC North guy. It's no secret that I'm a Steelers fan. This week is nuts. Pittsburgh hosts Baltimore. If Pittsburgh wins, they're tied with Baltimore at two and three. The Monday nighter, I'm not even going to mention the Bengals because no one gives a rat's ass. The Monday nighter is the Browns at the undefeated Niners. If the Browns lose, they're two and three. We could have a three-way tie in the North. Considering how Pittsburgh started their season, I think they'd be pretty happy being tied after five games, don't you? Uh, yeah, you have to be happy. I don't think the Browns, especially after a win like this, if the Browns lose to the Niners, the Niners are undefeated, fine. But I don't think they're an undefeated team, so I'd be surprised. The only thing is that they're going out west. They're in San Francisco, so it might be a bit tough. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's that point in the season where things are starting to shape up and we're going to start to see who the real teams are. So it'll be interesting to to follow. I mean, the Bears – we know we got to follow Trubinsky's injury. Daniels looked pretty good in his game. Um, you know, uh, the other games, the Cowboys and Saints was a really uninspiring game to watch. But, you know, the Cowboys losing 12-10 to a, a Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints doesn't bode well for the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, anyway, the NFL is starting to get right into the juicy part of the schedule. So I'm pretty excited to see what happens yeah. with that. All right. What's up with the Texans? Oh, we're talking Texans. Yeah. Well, I just what, what's up with them? Like they're all healthy. Why do they have? Why are they scoring ten points on the Panthers after and created six? Was it five or six fumbles from Kyle Allen and they still couldn't win? There's something wrong in in Houston uh, offensively because they have the talent. I can't remember who their coordinator is. But did you see the clip where they had uh, Watson was talking to a reporter about the schemes and the defenses, uh, the coverage that the Carolina was playing? And you can see yeah. like he's a bright kid. You know, he yeah. got it all. So, but yeah. he, he also, I, I also found that when he was explaining it, he was explaining it with a hint of they're doing this. We don't know how to beat that. You know what I mean? Like mm. there was that, it yeah. wasn't like, Hey, I know what you're doing. So do it all you want. Cause I'm going to beat you. It was a, Hey, they've been doing all this kind of stuff. And then that's, with that hint of, I, we don't know how to beat it. Yeah. And clearly they exact. didn't, you know? Yeah, clearly. I'm impressed with Daniel Jones in New York. Hey, anybody who goes into New York and can help them win some games is is very impressive. I haven't had a chance to watch as much. I saw the Tampa game, but 
Yeah, and especially with Barkley being out, the kid may be a real deal. The NFL was this was an interesting week in the NFL. And uh, did you see Adam Thielen rip, give into, rip into Kirk Cousins on the sideline? No, I didn't. Well, I was he, watching that game too. Kirk Cousins was uh, was not good. I, uh, I nope. you know, and Adam Thielen after the game said to the media, like, we need to be able to throw the ball. Like, look, man, we need to be able to throw the ball. You're not throwing the ball, so clearly you're taking a shot at your quarterback. So. You know, Kirk Cousins is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a, a you know a, a good leader. Um, he hasn't had a, six, a history of a lot of success, certainly not in the playoffs. But like, help your QB. You know, don't throw him under the bus like that. And uh, I, anyway, what do I know? I just uh, I, I feel like those types of things can only hurt your hurt your team. And the Vikings are. It's not like they're out of it. They're you know they were. Uh, that's t- it's a tough division. You can't you can't afford to go down, and you certainly can't afford to have internal strife on your team at this juncture so no, anyway not at all so not a great look no. but um no okay let's come back and we're going to do ncaa football or i will do ncaa football and you can comment a couple things yeah and then we'll get into the baseball yes, and get like out of that. here all right one two three four five six two eight All right, we're back. I still, I'm, it's catchy. The break song is catchy. I still hasn't worn on uh, me yet. I thought you were going to play the Russian song again because that's not catchy. That's not catchy. <laughs> All right, NCAA football. NCAA. Did you watch any of it? You know what? I, I hung around Saturday and I caught a little bit of the uh, Wisconsin game because they were wearing uh, uniforms that looked confusing. Khakis. <laughs> yeah, khakis with uh, red jersey and white helmet. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> not a great look. Uh, I think they can toss those no. uniforms away. I think we we texted back and forth a little bit, and from a distance, it looked like they were wearing flesh-colored pants, which they might as well add a uh, a decorative butt crack for all the linemen. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they they look naked from their shirt down. Yeah, yes, uh, <laughs> not a good look, but they won. Not a good look. Uh, there's really there was no real upsets this this week. Uh, Clemson did squeak out a victory over North Carolina, twenty-one to twenty. Uh, the Tar Heels went for two late in the fourth to try and steal the win, which I really appreciate because you don't go to overtime with Clemson if you have them that close. You got to take the shot. The call sure. itself was not good uh, from an offensive standpoint, trying to outflank Clemson to get outside of them without having a, a sort of a run pass option. Um, so execution was not there. The decision to go, kudos. Uh, there is an Ottawa native who plays for uh, North Carolina, Patrice Rene, who's a DB, uh, but he's out for the season with a torn ACL after, I think, week three, unfortunately. Uh, but because of that, I've followed uh, North Carolina a little bit too. Uh, the only upset really based on rankings was the unranked Oklahoma State beat number 24, Kansas State, 26-13. And the reason why I bring this up is because there's another Canadian that plays for Oklahoma State. He's a running back out of BC. His name's Chubba Hubbard. Um, and he ran for 296 yards on 25 carries. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. incredible. Uh, this is what, technically week five, I think they only might have played four games. But through five weeks, he leads the nation in rushing touchdowns with 10. He's tied with somebody else. And he leads the nation in rushing yards with 938. And the second closest guy is Dobbins from Ohio State, who's a stud, and he's only got 654. And, you know, 
Hubbard is not playing in uh, one of those non-Power 5 divisions. They're right up there. So Oklahoma uh, State, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're playing in great divisions. Uh, anyway, it's pretty impressive. He's really their workhorse. If he stays healthy, I'd lo- I'm definitely going to follow and see how well he does. Um, big games for this week. There are four of them, I'd say, if you're looking to watch. Obviously, for those in town, for college football, you're going to the Panda game. I'll be there. Oh, interesting. That, that's this weekend. I forgot that. Okay. That's right. The Panda game. Yeah. So the biggest event at the uh, TD Place since the beginning of the Red Black season and the most fans that will show up to, uh, to see a game there since it started as well. I believe it's sold out. Um, I'll be in a, uh, a suite with a bunch of old Ravens wearing my Gigi gear with uh, Phil Homewood. Uh, Mike Holman got a box, so we're going to be up there, which will be uh, interesting, oh, but hopefully awesome. we can yeah, celebrate. Uh, in How are those teams doing? What, where are their records? Uh, Ottawa just lost to uh, Guelph. It was like 24 to 3, eh? Yeah, they actually got beat pretty good. Guelph's a good team. Um, Carlton not doing as well. So Ottawa should win this one. But Ottawa was ranked right up there, I think, at almost all the way up to six at one point before they lost to Guelph. So they had been winning games that, um, you know, I don't want to say they shouldn't have won, but Ben Miracle has been replacing the starting quarterback who got injured. And I've worked with Ben, and uh, I know Breezy's offense is pretty tough to follow. So kudos on Ben. He's got all the, the... the attributes in terms of physical attributes to be a great quarterback. Um, if he's picking up that offense and Breezy's working with him, which he seems to be doing, he seems to be having some success. So kudos to him. But the GGs have been uh, winning other than that game against Guelph. So that's the big game here in town. The big games in the state. Number seven, Auburn travels to the swamp to face number 10, Florida. That's 3.30 on Saturday, so hopefully the Panda game is a blowout and I can get out of there and start watching this. Go Gators. That's going to be tough. Auburn is a real, legit, playoff contending team. Their quarterback, Bo Nix, is a freshman, though. I know he comes from a long line of quarterbacks. I think his father played quarterback at Auburn as well. He's never played in the swamp, so hopefully the atmosphere – at the Swamp, plays around with him a little bit, and Florida can take advantage. Hopefully, I'm, I'm excited to see Kyle Trask in a big game against a real good defense, see how that does. There's rumor that Florida's going to be wearing the black jerseys, uh, which hardly ever come out. I don't Actually, I don't even think they ever have come out, but there's a, there's a rumor they're wearing black jerseys. So, anyway, that's the game I'm following. The other couple of games are Iowa at uh, number 14, Iowa, and number 19, Michigan. Number 25. Ooh, I love the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for the Hawkeyes too. Uh, number 25, Michigan State, is at number four, Ohio State. Is that going to be a great game? I don't know because Ohio State looks absolutely unstoppable, as much as I hate to say it, but the games I've seen, they just, they're at another level. So I need to see them against some other competition. Michigan State so far is probably going to be the biggest one they have to date. Um, the Ohio State-Michigan game that uh, usually caps off the season or is pretty close to the end, I don't think is going to live up to any expectations because Michigan, I just don't think they're – I think they're overrated at this point too. But we'll see if Michigan State can kind of 
challenge Ohio State to an actual game. And the other one, it's uh, not two ranked teams, but 11 Texas is at West Virginia, who's unranked, but they're both 3-1, and one, and West Virginia is really a tough place to play. Uh, I've actually started, these are all my notes, I started doing all my research, Pat, because we're going to do an episode on the top traditions and stuff in college football. And uh, oh, cool. the more I've been doing the research, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one, forgot about that one. There's some real good ones. And, That's uh, awesome. You know, goosebumps, things you want to see. If I had an RV or one the the lottery, I would buy one of those big RV buses and just get in and do this tour of college football, and it would have all these locations in it where you have to see them at least once. Anyway, that's my uh, Look, I, NCAA. So, I'm, I'm, it's crazy how many when you know how the NFL when there's an NFL game, the uh, I think the NBC specifically they'll get the guys to uh, announce themselves. Like this is and now here's a starting yeah, yeah. For, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and then the guys will introduce themselves. How many guys does Ohio State produce for for NFL? It's I'd love to see the, the numbers of uh, which the colleges produce the most NFL players, especially in the secondary. It feels like every NFL team's got at least two Ohio State guys starting in the secondary, and they're they're notorious also for for producing some really solid offensive linemen, but. Pretty wild stuff, eh? I mean, it's it's fascinating. I'm very, very curious to know which which college provides the most NFL players or produces the most NFL players. Or do you have that stat? Do you, do you even know? Do you have an idea? Not offhand, but I know that Miami was right up there for a long time. Um, and I know Florida has been called DBU for a long time, too. So, I mean, Alabama comes to mind, I guess. But you It's know. cyclical, but it's about who's been doing it for longer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just curious, you know. I know Alabama produces, I mean, guys are getting picked in the seventh, eighth rounds in Alabama. Some of these guys could start for any other school. Well, here's a list. It's 10 colleges that have produced the most NFL players. Okay. Are they by ranked or are they just random? Well, I want to see if they are ranked here or not. And this can't be because uh, uh, it has Auburn University at 28, Georgia with 28, Clemson 29. That doesn't seem like enough. First or round picks, maybe? Maybe it's going. Uh, colleges have produced the most NFL players. Bama leads the way with 44 alumni. Oh, this is current, probably. So okay. these are current uh, teams, so guys that are on teams. So, yeah, Ohio State has 36 right now. The University of Florida has 38. Whoop, whoop. LSU, 40. And the University of Alabama, 44. All right. So, Florida is... All the usual suspects. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. You'll roll. Programs like this just go on, and they just keep replenishing. And guys, you know, teams like Clemson University that have 29 right now, they're going to be moving up because their program has made a, a huge shift in dominance. So what happens is when you make that shift in dominance, your recruiting gets better because guys want to go to your school because you're dominant. And then those guys produce NFL players and there's more of them. And now those numbers start to really uh, take off pretty quick. So, um, you know, again, if you're a great program, it's just, it's a, it's a big cycle. And if you can keep that thing going, then you're, you're laughing. It's not far off from what, how, what happens in NCAA college uh, basketball. It's not far off. I mean, there's some great schools or some great programs, but the, the winning programs will attract the most Kentucky, 
North Carolina, Kansas, and Duke every year. Doesn't mean the school's any better. Doesn't mean the coaches are even that much better. Although Mike Krzyzewski is one of the greatest of all time, but like, it's just success of the program is alluring to kids. So yeah, it, it happens in the basketball so, ranks yeah. too. It's a little different with the one and done kind of thing with Kentucky and stuff. But anyway, that's, again, another show, and we can kind of dive into it yeah. a little bit more. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back with the baseball, and then we're going to wrap this sucker up. All right. All right, all right, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. All right, we're back. I'm not even stopping the okay. recording. We're going right into it. National League wild card, Nationals, Brewers, Brewers in Washington. The Nationals are favored. Since 2012, the NL road teams are five and two in wild card games, winning four of the last five. And teams are 11 oh. and three when scoring first, and the National League teams are six and one when scoring first since 2012. Who you got? I got the Brewers because I picked them to friggin' win, apparently. I am I am interested to see because uh, I, I don't I don't get to see Milwaukee very often. Um, the Nationals are on a little bit more on Sunday Night Baseball, but Milwaukee I didn't see a lot of them this year. But so I'm excited to see Eric Thames, former Jay. Um, he's playing first base for the for the uh, Brewers. But I, I've got the reason why I'm taking the Nationals. I took the Nationals in our last podcast. I just because I love their veteran team, but they also they're starting Max Scherzer. Yeah, two words: and, Max Scherzer. Yeah, but you know what? The crazy thing in baseball is. You know, now you need back in the day, if you started like your ace who can give you six solid innings, that was a big deal. But now you really don't need that anymore. You got you can run six pitchers to run two innings each and gas them um, and have the same effect as as a, as a starter that can go six or seven innings. So I still is think it better for you to do that in a, in a wild card scenario? Is it better for you again? Yes, I'm a thing I'm going to roll, but. And yep. if is it better to do that because then you kind of save your guy for hopefully if you win you got to you got to plan for the next one which starts pretty quick. If you gas out Scherzer, he's got uh, four days before he can pitch again, right? It's the best of five, right? There'll be a day a, a day off or day two days off, so that counts as your day off, so that he comes back a little bit quicker, maybe plays for in game two of the next series. Uh, it's baseball's wild, and uh, I, I just I hate this one and done. I hate it. it you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah. Um, because Max Scherzer would be a huge benefit if it was a two out of three, but because it's a one, you know, the, the Brewers can throw the kitchen sink because they're starting, uh, Woodruff. I, I even, I've never even heard of this kid, Brandon Woodruff, 11 uh, and a three pitcher, well, a good, a good record. Uh, really quick. I know we got to, we got to go, we're up against it here, but here, just this lineup and uh, versus Washington lineup. And I want you to rethink your decision and maybe you still stick with the Brewers. <laughs> Trent Grissom, Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, Keston Huera, Ryan Braun, Eric Thames, Lorenzo Cain, and Orlando Arcia. And Brandon Woodruff is pitching. Versus Trey Turner, Adam Eaton, Anthony Rendon, who just got huge money, seven, seven years, $210 million today. Juan Soto, Howie Kendrick, Asdrubal Cabrera, Kurt Suzuki, and Victor Robles. Yeah. Still going with the brew? Did I call him on the last one? Yeah, I'll stick to my you thing sure because did. really. But honestly, Max Scherzer is a difference maker. I think he's got uh, he's got a 1.8 ERA in eight career starts versus the Brewers, and on May 6th when he faced him last time, he had 10 strikeouts in six innings. Like, if he pitches anywhere near that, this game is a wash. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. The one thing that stuck out for me is um, they've got the Nationals have Howie Kendrick starting at first, 
and Kurt Suzuki catching instead of Ryan Zimmerman, longtime national, and or Matt Adams. So some very interesting uh, decisions by Dave Martinez, one of my favorite guys in baseball. Uh, Joe Madden was fired today, uh, or was he fired or he quit? I think he was fired, right? Fired from the Cubs. I believe Angels he's fired, are in- or asked to resign, one of the two. Yeah, Angels are interested in his um, in his services. There'll be a few and teams looking for him. There's a lot of talk on Brock and Pep's uh, social page, as well as my the Pep Talk page on, you know, what's going on in Boston. Their GM said it's going to yep. be difficult to re-sign J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. That's GM talk for we can't sign them both. So, you know, I don't know. There was some, you know, some uh, some stuff brought up about, you know, some crazy trades, Vladdy for Mookie. Yeah. Look, no, Vladdy doesn't go anywhere. If he does, I quit. <laughs> I quit the Jays. I quit you hard. You have three players, four if you throw in Guriel, that are untouchable in terms of the Blue Jays' organization and their future. And if the head office chooses to do something different, you lose all credibility and all yeah. support from the fans because they believe in something and they see what's happening. And then if you go and then take those pieces out, you're going to lose the whole house of cards is going to come down. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there so hard on that. I can't even explain how disappointed I'll be if they deal any of those guys. Uh, and Gurriel, I mean, I don't know. He, he showed me a lot this year too. So you got four cornerstones that you can build around. It, I, I'll throw Nate Pearson in there too. I don't. I hope they don't touch him. He's, he's tipping at one one oh five his fastball in the minors. So, and he's a huge kid. So I, I hope that they don't uh, mess around with him either. Um, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. That game starts in uh, just under forty eight minutes, and I think that cu- that uh, cuts into our time. Yeah, man. I have one more sound. Okay, I don't know what this is. I can't remember <laughs> what my sound bite was. So I played the Good. song by whatever. What is this? The Russian dude? Oh no, that's the Russian one. What's this one? <laughs> oh yeah, this is our exit music for the night. All right, this episode has come to an end, but the discussions never stop. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Unsportsmanlike Convo for more fun topics. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And spreading the word really is the best way to help us grow this podcast and achieve greater things. Really appreciate you listening and look forward to the next episode. I kind of like this music, though. Is this another one of the Russian songs? It's not. This is uh, free background music from uh, YouTube. Although I did, so for everybody listening, I did email to find out about, because I've been using real music on our podcast and I thought, fuck, I don't know if we're allowed to. And you need to get a certain license, ACN or something like that, so you have to have the, the rights. So I emailed them, and they got back to me and said, uh, yeah, if you play your podcast directly on your um, website, you need to apply for one of these. And I think it's, you know, two or 300 bucks, I think, to, to get it if you don't use a third party. So I wrote back. I said, hey, I said, yeah, I use a third party. I go through... Uh, Anchor is what we use, and we also obviously go through uh, Apple Podcasts and all those other um, yeah. platforms. And thinking back, said, "Yeah, they those third parties all have that license, so we should be good." Woo! Yeah, so That's we can play excellent. Yeah, so we can continue to play, play real music. Yeah, Russian music. We can play Russian stuff. We can play real music. We can play 
uh, anything. That's great. It is. I'm uh, just going to pick something random out of one of my uh, oh. thing. Hey, we're just going to see what it is. Yeah, we're yeah, going to go okay. out to it. This is Bankroll Remix. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's a it's addicting. All right, Pep, that's it. I got to roll. I'm getting knocks on the door. It's time to go. First communion meeting for my son. All right, we'll be back. Pleasure as always. City nigga, you already know And I don't go nowhere unless a nigga strapped up And if you fuck a Morgan, bitch, you better strap up Talking shit to get you and your niggas clapped up We with the shit, you pussy niggas better not act up My nigga Pistol P was born and raised on Biddle Street My nigga die, he ain't make it, this he 23 I got a bitch that work up numbers and that pussy wet And every day she catching has to get the Lafayette She said she stripping, trying to get the fuck about the jets But they ain't none my business, I'm just trying to get the net a lot of rappers in my city have these niggas wet. And-